0: It's funny the memories that stick with us. Good memories, old memories, but also painful ones. Lewis and I, we've been friends since kindergarten and we have a lot of memories together. In high school we decided to take a road trip together and and on this road trip we wanted to make some memories but also take some really cool photos. Now this was before digital photography, right? Remember only film okay so we we came up with an idea that we were going to get a really impactful photo of of me flying through the air horizontal to the ground and lewis would be turned and he'd pretend like he couldn't see me coming and then i would tackle him from behind and we would get just the funnest neatest coolest photo now because this is before digital photography we had to take
1: a couple of takes Now this was a moment that I will never forget. That (laughs) impact, it literally made an impact because it hurt. I mean, I was trying not to brace for that impact. I, I was trying to make it look like I was casually standing around and not only that, but I was literally looking the other way and I didn't even see it coming and it hurt. Isn't it interesting how it's often the things that hurt us are the same things that stick with us. I mean, isn't it interesting how it's often the times that we've been hurt or, or the times that we've caused hurt, those are the things that stick with us? Can you think of a hurtful memory that has stuck with
0: you for years? Is there a significant moment that pops to mind when you think of perhaps the hurt that you have caused others or when you've been hurt? See, pain, it it has this funny, funny way of just sticking with us for a long, long time. Now, we want to tell you a story of a man who knew about pain and he knew this experience from his own life, but he was able to experience freedom from his painful
1: past. Now, this was a man who lived at the same time as Jesus did, but he was actually not a big fan of Jesus. And this man, he knew pain. His name was Saul. And I want to tell you a moment in his life that he would never forget. Now, Saul was an educated and passionate Jewish man, and he was commissioned by the chief priest to get this, to hunt down and stomp out Christians who followed the way of Jesus. You see, Saul and the
0: other Jewish leaders, they they viewed Christianity as a threat to Judaism. And it was a movement that just needed to be squashed and terminated. And that's exactly what
1: Saul did. The Bible actually records the killing of the very first Christian man. His name's Stephen. Now, Stephen was caught and interrogated and sentenced to death by stoning. Think about that. Stephen was taken and stoned to death. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the scene on that day? I mean, how gruesome would have that been? The stones getting thrown at him until he literally died. Stephen, he, he was stoned until he took his last
0: breath. And all the while, the Bible records in Luke chapter 8 verse 1 that, that Saul was there, not just watching, but approving
1: of the killing of Stephen. That's right. So so Saul stood there and approved of the stoning of this innocent man. I mean, think about that. That was the type of man that Saul was. But then one day, everything changed. One day, Saul was confronted by the resurrected Jesus. Okay, hold up. Resurrected Jesus. Now, I've heard of
0: baby Jesus. Okay, I've heard of uh, little eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus laying in a manger, but who's the resurrected Jesus? I've even heard of the crucified Jesus. You know, bloody, beaten, whipped, hanging on a cross, crucified Jesus. But who's the resurrected Jesus? Well, if you don't know who the resurrected Jesus is, he, he's the best one to know because when you experience the resurrected Jesus,
1: it changes everything. Now, now, yes, Jesus was born in a manger as a baby, and yes, Jesus was crucified on the cross and died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. In fact, he lives today. You see, the, the Jewish people were expecting
0: a savior, a messiah to save them from the oppression of the Romans. This Messiah was going to be a hero of heroes, a, a Superman type to really rescue the nation of Israel. Now, he was gonna be a mighty warrior that could never be harmed. And so this whole concept of a dying messiah, it was so foreign to the people in Jesus' time.
1: In fact, Theologian N.T. Wright sums up the thinking of the first century people in this way. He says, if your Messiah dies, you go home. Or you go find yourself a new Messiah. That's right. A dying Messiah? It would have been an oxymoron. And a dying
0: and then resurrecting Messiah? It would have been unfathomable. But Jesus? Jesus did just that. See, he knew that all of humanity, you and I included, we we could not bear the full weight of our sins and God's wrath on our sins. And so Jesus, he put the weight of the world on his shoulders. He took my sins and your sins, and there he nailed it to the cross of Christ. It was on that old rugged cross that Jesus dealt with our sin
1: problem once and for all. But that's not what makes Jesus so great. Him dying for our sins. No, no, no. The fact that he rose from the dead means it actually worked. That's right. The fact that he rose from the dead,
0: it means that he actually had the authority to pay our moral debt. He had the authority to cancel the wrong I've done. He had the authority to give me the grace that I don't deserve. See, he took the penalty that I did deserve and offered me the grace that I don't. And that's why when you experience the resurrected Jesus, it changes everything.
1: Okay, let's jump back to the story of Saul when he met the resurrected Jesus. The Bible describes Saul as he was making his way down to a town called Damascus. And on this journey, something incredible happens. Something that he would never forget. All of a sudden, a bright light appears out of the sky. I mean, you can just picture it, probably just a little bit brighter than that. (laughs) In fact, it was a massively bright
0: light. The Bible records in the book of Luke, Saul saying, as I was on the road, I saw this light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing all around me and my companions. As Saul describes that moment, he says that the light was brighter than the sun, and it was blazing all around him and his companions.
1: It was so bright that, that the light knocked Saul to the ground. And then a voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It was the voice of the resurrected Jesus. Th- that's right. The man who had died that was buried and now rose from the dead. It was the resurrected Jesus who appeared to Saul and speaks to Saul. And Jesus is saying, Saul, listen, you have now witnessed that I have indeed risen from the grave. Now go and tell the world about me so that they can receive my grace and the world can be forgiven. And that's exactly
0: what Saul did. He went from an enemy of the cross of Christ to an advocate for it. He, he changes his name from Saul Saul. To Paul, And he spends the rest of his life preaching about Jesus, starting churches, and then being in and out of prison for relentlessly telling people the good news
1: of the risen Messiah. Now, Paul would even go on to write many letters to, to churches that are included in the New Testament Bibles that we have today. And this transformation takes place in Paul's life All because he experienced the resurrected Jesus. He experienced the grace of God. He experienced complete forgiveness.
0: And that is what's so amazing about grace. Grace, it isn't earned. Grace isn't deserved. Grace, it's just freely given without cause. Grace, it's undeserved favor of the Lord in your life. So get this. It was while Paul was a sinner, that's when
1: he was saved.
0: It was while Paul was still speaking murderous threats to Christians, that
1: is when God freely forgave him. It was while Paul was hunting down Christians, that is when God showed him grace and gave him a new identity and a new mission in life. It was while Paul was still a sinner. That is when
0: the favor of God rested upon his life. See, God's grace and his forgiveness, it gives us a clean slate even when we don't deserve it. And he offers us a new life, even while we're still sinners, while we're at our lowest point. That's grace.
1: In one of those letters that Paul wrote to a church in ancient Corinth, Paul's actually looking back on his life and he's writing to that congregation about the encounter he had with the Resurrector Jesus years before. And he penned some very interesting words about his life. He says, For I am the least of the apostles. An apostle is an early church leader. He says, I'm the least of one, I'm one of the early church leaders. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul says, listen, I was one of the worst people around. I didn't deserve to be a church leader. Look, I'm a murderer. Isn't it
0: interesting how the things that have hurt us or when we have hurt others, those are the things that stick with us for for years, for decades. I don't know about you, but if I was Paul, I would be carrying around all kinds of hurt and shame about my past. Now, if this whiteboard here was Paul's life, it would be full of history marks. Like, I mean, he used to kill people. If I was Paul, I'd think I would think I approved of the stoning of Stephen and I, and I did all sorts of things. I hunted down Christians and, and I did terrible things, killing and murdering people. And I would look back at my life and I would look at all the history marks of my life and I would be overwhelmed with shame and guilt, thinking of, about all the pain I had caused and how much pain I had inflicted onto others.
1: But that's not what Paul does. I mean, although that's true, although he has a checkered past, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Paul says, listen, it's only by the grace of God that I am the person that I am today. He says, it's God's grace that has given me a clean slate. He says, it's God's grace that has transformed my life. He says it's God's grace that has saved me. It's God's grace that's given me a new beginning. It's God's grace that has forgiven my sins. He says, it's only because of God's grace. And here's the key, when Paul looked back on his life, he acknowledged that he was a horrible man in the past. He acknowledged that he did horrendous actions but when he looks back on his life, what does he see? Does he does he get overwhelmed by the, the guilt
0: and the shame of his past? Does he does he wallow in his past failures and mistakes? No, his past was forgiven. His slate was wiped clean. See, when Paul looks back on his life, he saw grace. He saw grace. So what about you? When you look back on your life, what do you see? Have you encountered the resurrected Jesus? When you look back on your life, do you see grace?
2: I've seen shame, the kind that comes from mistakes The kind that won't go away When I turned around, they were right there to remind me I've seen regret The kind that messes with your head The failures and the can't forget But standing now, I'm thinking God is behind me Cause I've seen the scarred hands reach out And wipe it all away
3: Now I see grace Hallelujah, I stand amazed I'm staring at an empty grave And the stone that's
2: But you did it anyway I see stand the maze I'm staring at an empty grave And the stone that you rolled
3: away When I was a prodigal, you saw a sun
1: know that God offers you grace today. Grace that is greater than all your sin. Grace that will save you. Grace that will forgive you. Grace that will give you a clean slate. So that just like Paul when you look back on your life you'll not see guilt and shame in your life. You're not going to be weighed down by all the hurt that you've caused or all the pain that you carry. When you look back on your life you too can see grace. So if you look back on your life right
0: now and you don't see grace, today's your day. You can pray right now and ask God to forgive you by giving you the grace of the resurrected Jesus to change your life forever. If that's you today, would you just take a moment right now where you you sit, as you watch this, and would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, today is my day where I need to accept your grace. When I look back on my life, I wanna see your grace. So come fill me by your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my past, give me a clean slate today. Jesus, so when I look back, I see your love, your kindness, your forgiveness, and your grace. Today, I accept the resurrected Jesus in my life.
1: In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you made that decision to follow Jesus today, the best advice that I can give you is to text the number on the screen right now. We have a pastor on the other end and we'd love to help answer any questions that you have and point you in the right direction. Again, thank you so much for joining us today on Easter Sunday at Broadway Church. Hopefully we'll see you in person sometime soon.